there ought to be joy upon our hearts. Joy, just like the Bible says, and full of glory. Also, were compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight as we bow in your presence, we do thank you for this day which you've given us. We thank you, dear God, for a great time even in our business hour. Lord, I thank you that you've blessed this church so well. And I thank you, dear God, that she was always willing to answer the call, to aid those that are in distress to be a blessing to those that are hurting. Lord, I pray that you'll continue to bless her with the ability, Lord, to lend that helping hand in times of need. I pray, Lord, you continue to allow the coffers of this church to be filled that we can do such things as we do. Thank you, dear God, for your goodness. Now, pray, Father, now that you bless your word. Lord, I pray that you bless those who are hurting tonight, those that have lost loved ones. Lord, touch their hearts. May they feel your presence. May they have peace that passeth all understanding, Lord. We know that in times as this, Lord, it is a heartache. But yet, Father, we know you're the God of all grace. And thy grace is sufficient to help us over these terrible milestones of our lives. But yet there are milestones, dear God, that you place. For it is appointed unto each one of us to die one day. But Lord, I pray that you make our calling and election sure. Help us, dear God, tonight to rest in our salvation. And we thank you, we praise you, and we ask, dear God, once again, you forgive us our sins. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. I will say this before we go any further. I will, I do want to give you an update on the meadows. Uh, Sister Debbie is possibly coming home tonight. Now, she was put in the hospital. She had COVID, and of course, she's, got, she's dealing with this cancer. But she's possibly coming home even as we speak. But now, Carol also has COVID, so won't you pray for him? He went to the doctor to pick up some medicine. So prayerfully and hopefully they'll they'll get through this and I pray the Lord's blessing upon them. Why we should joy in worship. Emmanuel, for a few moments tonight, I would prayerfully bring our thoughts to the reason we are or should be always filled with joy during our time of worship and, well, every day for that matter. Every day we ought to have a, a joyful heart, a song on our lips, and joy 
in our smiles because of what has been done for us. The Bible says that those that are saved have been saved from wrath. We've been saved and and are kept by the power of God. I mean, I could go on and on and on, and that's not even the that's not even the points that I have tonight, but you know, I'm just so thankful tonight. And I have something to look forward to every morning that I wake up. I have joy. Every day when I get out on the porch and I, I take my morning cup of coffee and I'm sitting there and I have I have the birds singing all around me and I sit and I just thank God for what He's done for me and my family. You know, as we come into the house of God, you know, and I've been in, I've been, I've preached in revival meetings where you wondered whether there was any joy at all in the house. You wondered about it because of the expressions on the faces of individuals when you when they would begin to come into the house of God, as they feel the house of God, that it just seemed like there is a, a drab or a discouragement just to be in the house of God. And you know, I, I don't feel that way. When I come into the house of God and I'm standing at the door waiting on people to come in, it's a joy to see people saved by God's grace coming in and ready to worship. But I want us to think uh, just uh, three little short things tonight. I, and I pray that I'll be done in a, in a, in a, um, a decent hour. But I wanted us to think on these things tonight. Why should worship be joyful? You say, well, you know, oftentimes you think, well, that's a given, isn't it? Well, you think it's a given, but it's not always the case when people come into the house of God. But as I sat and I thought about this today, is we have a we have a, a lot of things going on. We have a lot of grief in our hearts. I lost the best friend I believe I've ever had outside of my wife, my Savior. And it was hard today, but I began to think about my Savior. I began to think about all that He has done for me and for the fact that Raymond knew the Lord as his Savior. And I began to think, why should I not be happy? I'm happy because Jesus didn't refuse God's plan for salvation. Long before this world was ever formed, Jesus created all that is according to the book of John. You and I that are saved tonight were on His mind even then. Before the foundation, I mean, can you wrap your mind around that fact that before the foundation of the world, you was on his mind? That ought to bring joy to your hearts tonight. As much heartache as people have today, and as much grief that individuals are faced with today, and I think about the Reif family, the Breedler family, the Evans family, and I could go on and on and on. All these people down in the south end of Kentucky who had lost 
30 some people, 30 some families have lost everything. And I'm talking about not just their personal belongings, but their families. And I still sit and I think about how God, even before the foundation of the world, had many of those people maybe on His mind. Hebrews in chapter 12 and verse 2 again, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author, the author of our salvation. I believe it was Brother Horn some years ago brought a message on the captain of our salvation. And I love that title. The captain is somebody who's in charge. And it was Jesus Christ who was in charge of our salvation even before the foundation of the world. He submitted to God's plan, God the Father's plan, in that He would come to the cross of Calvary. He would shed His precious blood. He would fulfill His Father's will as it talks about in John chapter 6. He would do it all. And He'd done so with joy, the Bible says, in his heart. The Bible says he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he done so with joy in his heart, knowing that he was going to die for you and for me. Looking unto Jesus, the author. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, designed the plan of salvation for you and for I. In Ephesians chapter 1, we'll go back here for just a moment. I'll read these real quick in your hearing, and I want you to really think about this now. Maybe you've had a hard time in the past with, uh, with election and predestination and all those great, great old truths, but I want you to know what God's Word says. The Bible says here in verse 4 and 5, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Folks, I want you to know something. There's people in the world today who despise that portion of the Word of God. But it's God's Word. And it's hard to despise the voice of Almighty when He says to you that He has predestinated you unto the adoption of children. It's kind of hard to despise that, isn't it? Especially when it's you. Says, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. I don't know about you, but I, that ought to make my heart just overwhelmed with joy tonight. Joy. In verse 17, the Bible says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of His glory and the inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him on His right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion 
And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Folks, I want you to know something. We ought to joy tonight for what He's done for us. Amen? It wasn't anything of our doing. This was even before the foundation of the world, before Adam and Eve had even been created. You was on His mind. That Greek word there for author, it means to be the chief leader. Archigos is the name. He who causes something. One who makes a beginning, i.e. the source and cause of something. You see, that's what the author is. He's the source and cause of our salvation. Folks, you cannot, you cannot help but be joyful when you get that in your heart. Now secondly, we should worship in joy because He is the finisher of our faith. Without His work, without that work, we would still be in a world of darkness. Hebrews chapter two and or chapter twelve and verse two again, the middle part of that says, "Not only is He the author of our salvation, He is the finisher of our faith." You understand what that means? Listen, without without the gift of God. That gift, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, that gift is faith. And without that gift of faith, none of us would ever come to the knowledge and understanding of Jesus Christ and the salvation. Praise God for His good gift of faith. Amen? Amen. He calls me to believe. I've mentioned this many times before, but I have a plaque over my my wood-burning stove that simply states, we believe. Folks, I'll tell you what. You know what causes that? Faith. Where did that faith come from? It's not of ourselves. You know, so many preachers will tell you, just use your faith. Talking to an unsaved man about salvation, just use your faith. You ain't got any faith unless it's God-given faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works. It was the work of our Lord that not only designed salvation before the foundation of the world, but He also drew us unto Himself in an accepted time. John chapter 6 and verse 44, the Bible says that no one can come unto the Father. Think about that, except it were given Him by the Father. Let's go back there. I misquoted that and I want to read that right. John chapter 6 and verse 44, first of all, and then we'll move down to verse 60, 65. The Bible says, No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Then as many of his disciples began to question this word, many of his disciples turned away from him and walked away with him no more. He said in verse 63, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And down in verse 65, he says this, 
Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given of him of my Father. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful today that God has enabled me through the finishing of our faith. <clears throat> you can go to Psalm 110 in verse 3. And here, <clears throat> the Bible gives us another portion of old Scripture that should cause us to be joyful. The Bible says in verse 3 of Psalm 110, Thy people shall be willing in the day of Thy power. In the beauties of holiness from the wound of the morning, Thou hast the dew of Thy youth. My friend, it's because of what He done for us at Calvary. He is the author and He is the finisher of our faith. Now thirdly, and lastly tonight, we should worship in joy because He endured the wrath and saved each and every one of us from it. Galatians chapter 3, please. <clears throat> Galatians in chapter 3. The Bible says here in verse 13 and verse 14, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Joy. That ought to cause you to rejoice in your worship hour. That ought to cause you to thank God that He saved you from wrath. That ought to make you joy just to think that Jesus Christ took all the Father's wrath for you and for me. You could read Galatians 4, verses 1 through 7. There we find out that we're no more servants, but we're sons. I go back to 1 John and I think about what is it, chapter 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Now, friend, I don't know. But it seems like it should be something that would cause you to rejoice. Just to know that He saved you. Just to know that before the foundation of the world, you was on His mind. He is the author and finisher of your faith. So Acts 2 and 28 says, Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. You see, that's the reason why that we should be full of joy. Just His countenance being in this place. Knowing that He's here. Knowing that He's right here with us tonight. Because He says where two or three are gathered in His name, He says, I'll be there. Folks, I, do you believe that? Do you believe that? the way your pastor believes it. Listen, I believe that he's in this house. And I hope 
to goodness that you believe the same as I do. And if you do, there should be a smile upon your face. Every time you come into the house of God, knowing that He's meeting you in the... Even in this house, He says, I'm going to be there. I'm just old-fashioned enough to believe everything that God says. There's a lot of people today, they don't believe, they don't believe this old book. Not the way I do. There's a lot of preachers standing behind pulpits today that believe that there's errors in this word. word. I don't... I don't understand that, folks. How can you trust in something that is full of fallacy? This is God's breath that's been recorded for you and I, the Gentile race. It's been laid up and put back so that we may learn of it and we may joy. Our salvation ought to cause us to joy. Let's all stand, please. <clears throat>